What's up, guys? And thanks for watching our Holiday Cartridge Talks series. We are excited to bring you our first ever limited edition Vortex Nation podcast hoodie. If you're watching on YouTube, it's the one I'm wearing right now. Now, we only made 99 of these things. So when they're gone, they are gone. Click the link in the description to get yours. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Steel rings, are you listening? In the snow, blood trails are glistening. That's right. If you can't tell everybody, it's time for our holiday cartridge talks, the long-awaited series. And we've got a long-awaited first-up cartridge here. It's actually been on our list for quite some time. This was a listener request, Ryan. And request, you used singular there. Oh, yeah, we should plural that. Right. He requested it uh, many times. Carl. Crazy Carl. <laughs> uh, and this is a pretty crazy cartridge, Ryan. As you can see our, on our list here, uh, we finished our shopping. We got the milk. We got the eggs, the butter, the cereal. And now we're finally getting to the 9 by 25 Dylan. Lord have mercy. This thing is unique. Please cross it off the list. Oh. Oh, where's our Sharpie? Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, get we'll get to that. Later. We have the cartridge. We've secured the goods. Ryan, this thing is uh, this is cool. Wait, it's showed up in what plastic bags? We we don't <laughs> have it uh, in a box. You know, a um, couple things. First thing, why yeah. Did you did you? I mean, let's look at how the, this came. Was this some sort of uh, back alley it's deal? It's not Ryan? mine. In a Walmart parking lot. I'm holding it for a friend. Okay. Hey, Jim, could you reach my printouts over there? Oh, goodness. Absolutely sakes. not. I can't. Well, here. All right. You guys keep going. Here. You've got enough leash. We're, we're doing. So, I had these on the table, then we did some other stuff prior to the podcast. So I wanted to make sure that I, ooh, I'm giving away uh, our secrets. Here. I'm back, everyone. Ryan, why don't you just start with this while Mark sifts through 15 pages of Wikipedia? Nine so by 25 Dylan. You know what I love about this job? I get to converse with any manner of people from all over the world. And. It's crazy. I get to use Google Translate to communicate live with folks in different time zones, depending where they're at, different days of the year. And casual conversation comes up quite a bit about shared interests. And I'm on the telephone with, uh, with a fella, and we get talking about stuff. His name's Randy. And I said, well, what do you do? And he says, well, I work for Dylan Precision. Cool. And I said, no kidding. Well, that's pretty cool. I love Dylan Precision. And we get chit-chatting. How long you been with Dylan? 40 years. And we're, oh, I'm my. like, wow. I'm like, you were with them, like, at the beginning of the, the cartridge reloading machines and all that stuff. He's, oh, yeah. He had a lot to do with a lot of those things. And we get chit-chatting a little bit more, and I start talking about a cartridge. I said, 9 by 25 Dylan. I go, I bet you were around for that. He goes, I bet I developed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that gentleman was Randy Shelley, and the year was 1988. Also happened to be the year I was born. Wow. Yes. Great conversation. I actually believe I talked to Randy on the telephone when I got my first Dylan Square Deal B, uh, which I recovered out of a shed from a, another friend of mine. That thing was in a state of disrepair. I called the Dylan uh, Precision Company, told them about that. They sent me a full complement of parts. This is years ago. Full complement of parts to get that thing serviceable. And uh, I have it dedicated to 45 ACP. Great company. Great products. Anyhow, Dylan Precision comes out with a pistol cartridge, 9x25 Dylan, to fit some needs that action pistol shooters had at, at the late 80s, early 90s. At kind of the, the real uh, uptick of action shooting 
uh, with pistols specifically, trying to achieve what is called a power factor, which is a combination mm. of uh, bullet mass and velocity. It comes up with this neat power factor thing. So that's what I was going to say. So major power factor. Yeah. And, it, and so I've got in my notes here, it was, it was developed to meet a major power factor of 175. Which is no longer major, by the way. Which is no longer major. Yeah. But what makes up the 175? I mean, you were just talking about it, but like... Well, we can look up a power factor calculator if you'd like to. Okay. So the the idea behind power factor, I guess, do you want me to look it up? I'll no, just the idea. Right, you keep talking, it. I'll look it up. Right. So power factor, the the idea behind the action shooting sports, and they have evolved quite a bit. If you follow IDPA, IPSC, or USPSA, it's changed. Um, the the idea is here: the competitor is using a pistol that, in some way, I don't want to say like. Um, inhibits their performance it's on dylan's website yeah there we are so um let's just say we're going to use 124 grain bullet and we're going to drive it at 1450 feet per second we end up with a power factor of 179.8 which is five over what major was at the time of this introduction but a nice safe padding for you those are big numbers. 124 grain bullet at 1,450 feet per second. We are eking into 357 Remington Magnum territory, and we're doing it in an auto-loading pistol, specifically a 1911. Really? Yes. It um, says here it holds twice the powder of the 38 Super Auto. Yes. Yes. Twice is double. That's, that is two more times, yeah. Um, so, the again, back on power factor. The, the pistol should be a challenge for the user to operate. So with with power factor would come muzzle blast and would mm-hmm. come recoil. And mitigating that muzzle blast and recoil is a challenge. Right. So and if you, within major or minor scoring, you have some different uh, points awarded based on hit, um, where things are at. It, and it, there's a whole bunch of science that goes into determining classes within these these disciplines power factor, what it means, and what a shooter needs. Um, an interesting thing, most of these pistols were equipped with compensators, like muzzle brakes, right? The harder you drive one of these muzzle brakes, the flatter it shoots. So your follow-ups are much quicker. Hmm. And so it's somewhat counterintuitive. The more gas volume that you can push through one of these things, the flatter and faster you can run that pistol. That's, what, that's one of the things I found most curious yeah. about, like, People were like trying to achieve that high high gas volume to go through the uh, the ports to flatten it. Yep. And I was like, more equals more power less. equals less. Yeah. So the thirty eight super, which has been around for a very long time, could do that if you got to the threshold of insanity. And then you might run into some reliability issues. The nine by twenty five Dylan does it handily. Doesn't even. It's not even waking up. Right. And the idea was here we achieve major power factor. We have a very svelte cartridge that offers some mechanical benefits, uh, like a fully supported chamber, for instance. And you you get your power factor, you get your comp working good, you get super short splits, and the competitor reaps all the benefit. Okay, so it's all about it's a numbers game of just trying to achieve, trying to achieve this power factor number, while also trying to achieve essentially the biggest competitive advantage in terms of like recoil mitigation and control as possible 
Now, isn't that also power factor is another reason why, like, Smorty, 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 Fifth and Wesson, uh, Forty, Smith and Wesson. <laughs> Smorty. New mascot. <laughs> Smorty, Fifth. Um, that sounds like a whiskey or something. Uh, Forty, Smith and Wesson has, like, kind of hung I think around. I have had a little whiskey this morning. Patent pending. Uh, Just your words, yeah, Another Jim. patent pending. Thank you. We haven't said that in a while. No sweat. Looking out uh, for you, buddy. Um, that was why it kind of stuck around for a while, too, right? So, like, 9 by 25 Dylan, you don't really hear about a lot anymore. I'm saying, besides from our friend Carl, who kept requesting it over and over and over and over. There's a reason for that, Jim. Okay. There is a reason for that. And um, the, this brainchild of Mr. Shelley's is exceptional, but it was beat out by cartridges that were doing the same thing, sometimes better being able to pick up capacity in a gun. So the 10 millimeter auto is the parent case for the nine by 25 Dylan, by the way, mm-hmm. I think I failed to mention that it is simply a 10 millimeter auto neck down to nine millimeter, you know, and that that's about it. But well, and they also reduced the power factor to one sixty five, one sixty five, yeah. which oh. kind of allowed yeah. these other cartridges with, like you said, different merits to outweigh yeah. the yeah. increased power factor of of the uh of the nine by twenty five. Which actually did we cover the case? Because the case is very interesting. The ten millimeter auto? Yeah. Did we, did we did we talk about that? Maybe I, I, I did that. just mention it is a oh, ten millimeter shoot. auto neck down to nine millimeters. Okay. So when you look at it from like a, a conventional pistol cartridge standpoint, it does not bear a lot of semblance to that. It looks more like a bottlenecked rifle cartridge. Right. Because it is a bottleneck yeah. pistol case. You might also recall a cartridge called 357 SIG, mm-hmm. yeah. which I've is... I've never seen either one of these in person before, and that's what I thought that was at first. So the 357 SIG is essentially the 40 Smith & Wesson neck down to 9mm, which a 40 Smith & Wesson is the cropped version of the 10mm, because the 10mm was a lot to hold on to. Uh, and the FBI found, okay, well, some of our smaller statute officers are having a hard time with this cartridge. Enter 357 SIG, exit 9x25 Dillon. Fast forward several years, uh, 1911s were a premier choice for these competitive shooting arenas. We started to see other metal frame pistols that showed a lot of the attributes and merits of the 1911 design only in a higher capacity. And then 38 Super Comp really kicked up. And then a, a neat cartridge called 9mm Major, which is nothing more than 9mm, 9x19, 9NATO, intentionally overcharged. Okay. Yes. Mm. Um, filling that role, hitting the major power factor levels, and doing so in especially like open class competition where we have a pistol that's equipped with a comp, we have a pistol that's equipped with a, a, a red dot of some kind, being able to put 23, 24, 25 rounds into the magazine. And now if you go <clears throat> check out video of, uh, of of people who are really, really good at open competition, you watch these guys and gals shoot these pistols, they, they look like they're just a blaze of glory going through. They them. look like a sewing machine. Yes, yes. So here's a great question that I beg: is what does that mean for the nine by twenty five Dylan today? Is it an extinct? Is it a lead balloon from from like a merit standpoint? Well, let's say you wanted to enter bear country, and you wanted a bullet that might give you even just a little bit better penetration and a lot of velocity than, say, ten millimeter auto. Really? Yeah. Hmm. What if I could shoot a hundred and fifty class green bullet one forty seven? Um, in a hard cast profile, it has a, a smaller frontal area, which will will trade off for a little bit more penetration, and we're screaming the velocity out of that thing. Mm. We've got capacity. We've got capacity. Excuse me. Now I feel like I've been drinking whiskey. A little. A little. Uh, for, yeah. What? Sippy poo. <laughs> I can't even remember what. It, 
Yeah. Smarty, smarty Smart. fifth. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. All right. No, geez. <clears throat> we've got capacity. We've got controllability. And we have terrifying velocity. Emulating 357 Magnum. I mean, it is crazy. Like, neat, yeah. it, you know, it says here in, in my notes, you know, pushing 115s at 1,800 feet yeah. per second. Yeah. And that's fast. That's super fast. Super fast. It stands on its own as a viable hunting cartridge for handgun hunters. I mean, it really is. If, if mm. you would say to yourself, I'd hunt deer with a 357 Magnum, which I think is sound, as long as you keep your distances, sure, you know, reasonable, you could do all the same with a... 9 by 25 Dylan, and you could do it out of something like, a, I don't know, Glock 20, Glock Model 40 with a drop-in barrel that uh, will give you more capacity, um, the advantage of semi-automatic operation, and in a svelte little cartridge. Very neat. If you've got 10 it's, millimeter auto brass and you've got 9 by 25 Dylan dies, a couple of 355 diameter bullets, there you go. I mean, it sounds like the brass is super easy to make. One pass through the sizing die. Hmm. It's pretty easy, like, peasy. cool looking. It it throws you off at first because when it it pops up on the table, you're like, "This is the most necked down and shortened little rifle cartridge I've ever seen." And then, nope it's it's intended to go to the pistol. It almost remind, I was like, "Is this some sort of a new blackout?" You know, of some I was sort. just going like say. a three fifty seven blackout or something. Could you imagine that in an MP five style SMG? Oh, it would be fantastic. Beautiful cartridge. Again, brainchild of. Randy Shelley and the folks over at Dylan Precision. Uh, vestigial trait from years gone by. You know what I like to blame? I like to ba- blame the video games. They had to lower that power factor because it hurt people's fingers. And because they're sitting there playing their you think think so? So, huh? Nintendo stations or whatever. People no, I made, I, I made that up. But uh, it really, really neat cartridge. Uh, and I, I think a super... At su- one time, the solution... Absolutely. For super, the intended application. Super viable... Hunting and defense cartridge. Yeah. And you can still get drop-in barrels for your Glock. And I think a number of other 10-millimeter auto pistols. That's kind of the tough thing when the competition market is your is your core demo for a, a product. because, sure. And especially when your core demo is someone who's trying to sort of figure out the most competitive way yeah. of abiding by a rule. Is that the rules can always change. Yeah, I only, you know shot, I mean? I only shot that game for a few years. But in that time... I saw 38 Super Comp, yeah, Rain King, and then 9 Major, like, swept to the club that I was shooting at. I shot production class, so I was shooting a Glock 34 with 10 rounds in the magazine, and, you know, I can't really up hop up the pistol at all. It's just pretty much box stock. And then I was like, well, I better shoot limited because I'm getting my butt kicked. And then it's like, nah, everybody just shoot limb minor. Take your three-gun pistols to your USPSA league. Just shoot limb minor. Just shoot really good, which I also didn't do. Um, but watching the kind of fluid dynamic change yeah, in, in that uh, just to sneak out a little bit more advantage. I mean, it makes you wonder, like, if they would have, if, if it would have been marketed differently at first. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have caught on with the competition market, and so maybe it wouldn't have had that initial success. Sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, but, like, you wonder with a cartridge that's this neat, was it was it always doomed to kind of just fade into just being sort of one of those like oddball things that people are like, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about it, or you know, a little bit different start somehow, and then would it have become, you hot know, hot sauce? Yeah, a little more hot sauce, a little bit more of a, a of a household name. Hard to say. I still think it is hot sauce. I think if you're looking to up the ante of your old dinosaur 10 millimeter auto and give it a little bit more spice, 
you find yourself a nine by twenty five billing. Dinosaur ten. The ten is so hot right it's, now. Yeah, it's like coming back weirdly. It is. It is. Imagine if it was hotter. I mean, I'm not. But it sounds it's like hot in a different way. Hotter with less recoil though. Yeah. Bigger bullet though. Yeah. It's so neat. It's a bottleneck pistol case. I mean, I don't disagree. I think it's phenomenal. I think Carl knew what he was talking about when he was begging us to do this. Obviously, Randy knew what was up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 1988, the year of my birth. 9 by 25 Dylan. Carl must have one. I'm assuming. I'm hoping so. If not, well, I well, I'd like to know what he's using it for. I know it. Hopefully hunting. Or maybe he cracks out an old, like, vintage 1911 competition gun Ooh. from the early 90s, you know? That'd be neat. Yep. It's got a Pac-Mar grips on it. Leather holster, basket Ooh, weave. Dear. Do yeah. you have one of these, Ryan? A 9 by 25 Dylan? I do not. Everybody needs a birth year cartridge gun. Well, that's a good point, Jim. I feel like, at least. I've been toying around getting a G40 or a G20 short frame. I have them stuck on which one to get. Whichever one I do, accompanying it will be a 9x25 Dillon barrel. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I've loaded a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of 10mm auto, and I have a lot, a lot, a lot of 10mm brass. I can turn that into 9x25 right quick. Well, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that'd be a fun thing to hunt with, too, or defend myself from... Versus Horribilis. I want to put it in a lever gun. That is going to be not easy to do. Well, maybe. Talk. There's a couple new lever guns out there that might take detachable box magazines made for pistol cartridges. Mm. Okay. He didn't like that. He's on that tube fed life now. Um, no, I'm not. Well, that completely. was just very kind of wet rag reaction, Jimmy. Well, all right. No, that was a... Uh... That was an oh crap. Nine by twenty five Dylan. Nine by twenty five Dylan. I think it's great. Thanks for the suggestion, Carl. Thanks for your patience. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, we just had we had some things that we needed to take care of. That's it took true. some mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh and, and uh big shout out to, to Randy and the Dylan Precision Company for Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh you well, know that's what? who's that's who sent these cartridges. Yes. I'm gonna tell you. You called something. Randy. That's great. It was it came up in conversation. It wasn't even it wasn't even on purpose. My first bank loan was to to get the money to buy a Dylan 650 progressive reloader. That is what gave me credit. That's how attached I am to this. Wow. I know it. That's my banker says, "You want what for what?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Look, man." And he's like, "How old are you?" It's <laughs> like, "I need this. I want that." Yep. And I and I got it. Still got it. Love that press. Yeah. I buy 25 Dylan. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, Carl. Thanks, Randy Shelley. Yep, for all the information and yep. the help, and uh, you know, sending uh, sending us these. They're really cool. And now Ryan's going to get one, and then we'll reap the benefits of it because then we'll shoot it a little bit. Yeah, he'll load it. And we'll and, get to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Heck yeah. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.